Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me Bessie mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. Good evening, Sarah. Good morning, Paul Webb. What are you like? I'm a prankster. Such a a prankster. (laughs) I'm feeling very different to the Wednesday evening we filmed last time. (laughs) Oh, filmed? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Recorded. Oh, you know, Um, you know, I do have the films of all of these. Oh, yeah, they can never see the light of day, I'm afraid. (laughs) I I record this podcast in some some states. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but you never know. It might be worth millions one day. We could sell them as NFTs. Yes, still absolutely do not understand NFTs. Never will. It's like stocks and shares. Just won't get it. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy without that knowledge. You know about the Big Mac Index? Nope. Let me see if I've made this up. Is it McDonald's themed? Yeah. The Big Mac Index is a Mm. price index published by The Economist as an informal way of measuring the purchasing power parity between two currencies and provides a test (gasps) of the extent to which market exchange rates result in goods costing the same. Blah, 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 blah. So it's how much a Big Mac costs in each place. I guess so. Cool. Cool one. Cool one. What do people say? Good one. Fair one. Fair one. Good one. (laughs) Oh, good one. I swear people say fair one. Fair one. Fair one. Fair one. Any friggin' way. Sunday night, that's why. And the sun's setting. It just feels very somber, doesn't it? It does. Oh, can't believe it. It feels like it feels like the end of the school summer holidays and tomorrow mm. is September the first. Oh. But we need to uh, remember that most people listen to this podcast on a Friday, so we don't want to be getting them down. Woo! It's Friday. Friday, everyone. What That's you say right. for your weekend plans? That's why I said good morning, because it's Friday morning. Coming to oh. you live and direct, Friday morning. We had a good Friday. We had a good Friday this Friday. Oh, my God. Was it good Friday as well? No. No, it was not. That what? We had a good Friday, stats-wise. I had a look. Oh, right. Did we? Yeah, That's 8 million downloads. Oh, that is less than the week before, though. Mm, no, I'm, not, say... I'm not telling you as what the downloads <laughs> were, because I think you'll have a number in your head that it very much is not. Um, can you just give me a quick grammar lesson? Yes. When do you say less and when do you say fewer? So the way that I think of it is if there's multiple things, then you go for fewer. So you would have less strength, because that's like one thing, but you would have fewer P's. Okay. All right. So if it's can... a plural, that's like a basic way of doing it. Yep, that'll do me. But if it's one, if it's a singular, it's always less. Right. Yeah, fewer <laughs> things, less stuff. <gasps> that's a really good way to think of it. Fewer, fewer things, things, less stuff, because stuff's singular. Right, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Whoa, I'm going to publish that. Fucking hell. So, yeah, I've been in Hastings this weekend. Oh, tell us all about it. I love me some Hastings. You I really to, do. I do, really do. Yeah, I love Hastings. I used to run a project in Hastings. It's like a community project. Met loads of fucking great mams. And they're all <laughs> just like surrogate mams now. Like all of them are just so lush to us. Anyway, it's another... I don't run that project anymore, but it's still going on. And the new parents ran a restaurant 
basically like the cooked to three course meal for their oh. families and I invited myself and one problem or one misjudgment that I did was the space that they use is a cafe and mm. it's a dry bar so it's supposed to be a community space so it's an right. old town hall yeah the company's called Eggtooth I'm gonna give them a plug because they're fantastic uh, so I assumed that it would be a dry night so me and Michael went on a bit of a pub crawl before trying to like front load the alcohol thinking <laughs> it would be <laughs> I just love that it was a dry night so you were like quick let's <laughs> Well, I thought I better get them in now because you know ah! I never know when my next drink's gonna be. So got there, was handed an extremely strong mai tai, which was the cocktail oh, of the night, and I think I had about five, and then we ended up having a lock in. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I mean, lock in in a dry cafe, but still, it's still pretty cool, I think. Yeah, it and is. I mean, it was very wet that night. I'm telling you, I had prosecco <laughs> as well. Uh-oh. Oh, but it was great. Yeah, but then I sent a bit of a drunken text to work. I remember <laughs> trying so hard to make sure that I spelled everything right, which I did, yeah. but I just added an extra word. So that's and nobody fine, replied though. either. Oh, that's not too fine. <laughs> like, and oh, then there's Paul, our manager, drunk again. <laughs> yeah. Anxiety. And then another thing was one of the people's daughters was there, who was I think she was 16 or something. And objectively she was really 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 pretty and I just now I was like Paul don't tell don't tell her she's pretty don't tell her she's pretty don't do it don't do it don't tell her she looks like Hannah Spirit from S Club 7 don't tell her Uh, and I thought I'd succeeded but Michael was like you last night (gasps) Paul you are so pretty (laughs) all right old man oh god Paul and if ever I call a woman pretty, when I'm drunk, I usually qualify it by saying I'm gay, which just makes it even weirder. You're pretty. I'm gay, by the way. Like, <laughs> so they don't feel threatened. God. Oh. But other than that, it was spectacular. Beautiful weather, beautiful sceneries. Love Hastings. It's so far from Newcastle that nobody from Newcastle would ever go slash has ever heard of it. And, yeah, what, yeah. Is it? I just picture castles. Mm, is there is a castle? Castley? Is it rivery? It's Brightony. No fucking way. Sarah's like right next to Brighton. Right. Well, probably like 30 miles from Brighton, something like that. Seaside town, Pebble no Beach. Way. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. I love miles it. mean nothing to me. I've realised no unit of measurement means anything to me. I don't know what a yard is. I don't know what a kilometre is. I don't know what a mile is. I could probably guess a centimetre. Could you guess how many centimetres it is from Hastings to Brighton? No. Well, loads. I think it's probably around about like loads. Probably just if I was rounding it up, I'd say loads. What if you were rounding down? I'd also say loads. <laughs> I think it's pretty accurate then. It's like geet loads. Uh, right. What have you been up to? You've had a nice weekend, haven't you, babes? Oh, proper wholesome. So it was supposed to be my friend's baby shower, but her best friend who had organised it got the vid. Got head. And uh, so then because it wasn't right that she'd have the baby shower that a friend had planned. She cancelled it, but she lives in Edinburgh. I live in Edinburgh. And also two of our friends were pretty much already on their way from London. So the four of us just had the most wholesome weekend. And I was surrounded by children and a pregnant woman. And and then last night, um, after a pregnant lady had gone home and one of our friends, me and my other friend, Gabe, uh, Gabby. Gabe. 
and she hates when I call her Gabby, went to a bar and met my other friend. And I was trying to play the friend. I was like, oh, this is it. I just think I, I just think I want to have a kid. I just think I want to have a kid. And he went, do you know what you need? And I was like, oh, thinking he was going to say something quite funny. He went, a drink. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be my suggestion as well. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you're absolutely right. What am I fucking talking about? <laughs> how is, double skinny bitch. How is the pregnant woman, de- like, how, how is she dealing with being around you? <laughs> yeah, well, I know. <laughs> I don't know, mate. You and Gabe, much fucking Jesus. <laughs> we ordered these cocktails last night at dinner, and I was like, "That is delicious!" And everyone had a sip, and then Laura like passed it to Georgia, the pregnant woman, to have a sip of. And she was like, um... <laughs> <laughs> "Go on, get a bit of that, don't you?" Yeah, she's actually fine. She said because we are obviously completely baffled, confused, hurt, and upset by the fact that when you're pregnant, you're not meant to drink for nine whole months. That it just feels illegal and wrong. I know I spoke about this last week as well. So we were like, what do you, you're not just absolutely desperate. Cause I was saying, if I was pregnant, I would every night open a bottle of Prosecco, pour it into my mouth and just hold it mm. and then spit it out. That's not a bad keep, idea. Right. She's like, no, she's like, I've just never, I've not even craved it. The only time that she wanted a drink, she said, was on Christmas Day morning when everyone was having a little glass of champers. I tell you something, and this might be a bit of a contrav thing to say. Mm-mm. I'm not huge on the christmas day morning drink me either <gasps> we don't we don't do it in my house it's really? not a thing. honestly we do like we'll have a books fizz but drinking in the morning surprisingly doesn't appeal to me that much well no because how are you meant to get absolutely mortal appropriate time in the wise like i don't want to have a hangover at 3 p.m exactly yeah but i mean i do it because imagine how much of a scrooge i would be if everyone else was doing it but and also it is books fizz is delicious <laughs> Yeah, and basically a soft drink, let's be honest. I think it's less, like, harmful than a coffee would be. Oh, yeah. Although I watched, an, you know what I've got into lately? What? Wired. No, not Wired. There are two things on YouTube. One of them's Wired Explained or something, and they get, like, a professional to yes. talk about some random shit. Love that. But then mm-hmm. it's not that one I'm thinking of. I watched one about caffeine, like, two doctors, gastroenterologists or something, debunk myths about caffeine, and they'll just get a, a, an expert, a demic debunk myths about periods demunk i can't say <laughs> demunk biffs demunk biffs about uh yeah. meat uh you know random shit what? and the myth was it's fucking fine caffeine's fine it's not Is bad it? here. unless you drink like absolutely shit loads it's fine and there's actually some health benefits i knew it was fine i just knew it yeah well michael says to me oh you're having another coffee and if i've had two i'm like oh my god so i've, I've really felt like it was bad for you but apparently it's not and i don't want anyone emailing in oh uh, yeah not these are anyway <laughs> to tell me that it is bad for you <laughs> and the other thing is it's like coke has as much as a coffee i never think about no i don't it- well, maybe that's not true, but I don't think about fizzy drinks having caffeine. Nah, me I wonder why they do. So that you get the energy burst and you feel fantastic. Oh, is that why? Or maybe because it's addictive. Or maybe because it's... Mm. No, like that. no, that was a myth. That was it's one not of the addictive. Myths. Not addictive. I thought you could be addicted to anything if you had an addictive personality. Which but I the think. substance itself, like, I guess it would right. mean if you gave it to a million people, the only ones who yeah. get addicted would be like the proper addict i don't know i've made that yeah. up but yeah it's not addictive apparently it's not uh, like it's not much enough of a drug to be to be addictive thank god because you know the only thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is the thought of my first cup of coffee yeah 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 absolutely love the morning cough Ooh, i'm thinking about tomorrow's and it's actually making me buzz a bit i'm gonna get up at half five 
I'm going to start drinking it now. Yeah, my God. Right, anyway, enough of this shite. Let's talk about the book, shall we? Because we need to keep on track. Yeah, go. Right, this week, Paul, fuck, I didn't, I've not got the thing up. Hang on, shite. This is what happens when I try and be, be organised. I'm chairing a meeting on Wednesday and I am stressed because I'm not authoritative in the slightest. I'm going to have to be like, okay, um, can we move on now? And someone's going to be like, I'm actually halfway through a point. And then I won't dare say anything again. All right, agenda point one, three hours later. Right, this week, Paul, we were reading Bewilderment by Richard Powers. Astrobiologist Theo Byrne searches for life throughout the cosmos, invents planets every night for a bedtime story. That's not a sentence. That is a fragment. He raises Robin, nine, after a car crash took their alley. The family is strict vegetarians. Theo tells us each dish, good God, this has got to be the worst bio of all time. Robin, the nine-year-old son of Theo, is bright but full of anger that explodes in a flash. He suffers over animals tortured, killed to feed humans. His mum lobbied in Washington for animals and died for them. The boy spends hours painting elaborate pictures of endangered animals. He must leave third grade for smashing his... I need to find a different one. Who's written that? A year five by the looks of things. (laughs) Let me just read. Flip it, egg. That was bad. <laughs> just read like loads of short sentences. <laughs> okay, Bewilderment is a 2021 novel by Richard Powers, published on September the 21st, 2021. All these key details. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> um, it's Powers' 13th novel and his first since winning the 2019 Pulitzer Prize for Fiction for his novel, The Overstory. This novel was shortlisted for the 2021 Booker Prize, but obviously didn't win it because what did Paul? Um, the Promise. The Promise by Damon Galgut. The novel is... <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. Hey, God, right, carry on. The novel is set in the near future amid the environmental de- uh, degradation of the planet. Degradation? Degradation. Degradation. <laughs> degradation. degradation. <laughs> the planet's really degraded. Don't look at me. It follows widowed astrobiologist Theo Byrne and his volatile nine-year-old son, Robin, who is diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, obsessive compulsive disorder, and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Theo resists psych- psychiatric psychoactive medication for Robin, turning instead to an experimental neurofeedback therapy in order to help his son. In an interview for the Booker Prize, Powers said the book has its roots in two different worlds. It is, in part, a novel about the anxiety of family life on a damaged planet, and for that I'm indebted to writers as this is shy as well. Are you right. in a really long quote by him? <laughs> Basically, it's a book about a man who likes planets and his neurodiverse son, who likes planets and animals, and is struggling with dealing with the death of his mother, who also really liked animals. That's it. That's exactly it. Uh, and what are we drinking? Do you want to tell us? Oh, yeah. So we're drinking a version of a Long Island iced tea, which is Coca-Cola. Sweet and sour mix, which is just lemons, limes and sugar. And then I just found five bottles of alcohol and poured a little bit in of each so (laughs) uh some normal vodka some raspberry Uh vodka some blueberry vodka some gin and some dark rum stunning and how is it petrol (laughs) absolute petrol i've just got a little heady mix of vodka gin and what's the one that goes in martini vermouth vermouth because i just wanted to go all clear 
and then Ooh. Sprite. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what we agreed last week. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> I'm so bad at <laughs> Nobody needs to know. So, Paul, what did you think? Oh, what did I think? I thought this is the kind of book that I would never pick up. Never, never, never pick up. Climate change, vegetarianism. I get it. Don't want to read about it. <laughs> I had never heard of Richard Powers, which shows how little about stuff I know. I'm definitely learning loads about books like. <laughs> oh, seriously. I didn't know anything about literature. I didn't follow the prize winners. I didn't know who was on their 13th novel. Never heard of Richard Powers. So this was my introduction to him. And I thought it was okay. I obviously, do you remember last week when I was like, I think they're traveling to different planets. <laughs> Turns out it was reading bedtime stories. <laughs> and they were just really realistic. I, I like, thought that eh? as well. Was it, was it really clear that they weren't traveling to different planets? <laughs> No, but what he was, I don't think he was reading in bedtime stories, was he? I think he was creating. No, he was, wasn't he? Well, he was, he was like, to get this little boy to sleep, yeah. they would go to a different planet before bed. But I genuinely thought they were going to different planets. And Me he's, too. Bu- he's building, like, well, well, he's worked for over a decade on this, some sort of space machine that. Like a telescope. Yeah, that is going to be able to understand more about the solar system. <laughs> The cosmos. Cosmos. Uh, so then I was like, so if he's got the ability to just travel to any planet he wants, why does he need this big telescope? Uh, turns out it was just a bedtime story. Uh, yeah. Bewilderment. So, yeah. Um, it's set in the near future. Did you say that? So like we, we know more about the solar system and you can tell, well, maybe uh, you can tell it. I would call this a Trumpian book. Yes. She loves that. I'm guessing Trump was still in power when he wrote this because there's a fictionalized version of Trump in the book who's basically doing all these terrible things. Mm-hmm. And there's also a fictionalized Greta Thunberg, which yeah, I, thought, there is. <laughs> I thought was quite funny that the little boy is like obsessed with. Um, I was worried that it was going to be very moralistic and didactic, which I think to a degree it was. Yep. I also am not a huge fan of parent-child relationships. I find them annoying. Like just in general, as in full on child. I don't mind if they're both adults, but yeah, parent child. I'm like, I don't need to what? see this. Can you give me another example of like a book that's with that in? Because I can't think of any. I'm talking more about like in life. All <gasps> oh, right, you don't. Oh, right, yep. You know what I mean? They obviously have this special bond, which I get, but it's yes. really hard for anyone other than perhaps yep. like the closest people in your life to understand that special bond, and it's not that interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> God, all my friends and kids. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's more interesting to read about romantic relationships, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was worried that it was going to get a little bit annoying. I don't actually think it did. I liked the little boy. Mm. Uh, he was very sweet and he was getting bullied for oh. just being different. And it was. Yeah, that was sad. And and he basically starts having this neurofeedback therapy, which I Googled today and it's a real thing. I don't understand it still. Right. So I've done a version of it. Not like... Sorry. It was, but it was in school or it was at a museum. It really brought back a, a very, very deep, entrenched memory 
from my childhood and I'm sure it was um, like I think our whole class did it and it was like a thing really and you had to you had you had you had to try and keep a spot in place just by nothing other than thinking about keeping it in place but how does that work I don't know I mean clearly it had absolutely no impact on my scientific knowledge because (laughs) it's it's a it's a therapy though so yeah it's been going for 40 years or something and as I understand it you get those like pad things stuck to your head and it's linked to a machine and you are seeing mm, see I lost myself there's like a picture on the screen that you are moving with your mind what the fuck yes. how does that work yeah that was it and, and it wasn't and it wasn't that you thought move forward move forward move forward you had to just like become the dot sorry <laughs> what is is this is this real isn't that like telekinesis cool I don't know. Jesus. Well, you but can I just remember it really specifically. Well, I wouldn't have believed you until I Googled it. And it is, in fact, a thing. Apparently, yeah. they did a massive study with, uh, and it showed it had no more effect than a placebo, but it still had an effect. So oh. they don't know if it's the thing itself or just the, the idea. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can tell, by the way, we're talking here that we're not scientists. I didn't have done science since year nine. And again, that's another thing. I don't care really much about science. I appreciate science and believe in science but I don't find it that interesting mainly because it's really hard like I've I've tried I I watched oh another one of those things have you seen uh, expert explains gravity to five different levels from primary school all the way up to expert maybe I think I've seen that no I don't know it rings a bell yeah I've tried them and I just can't I just don't get it I barely get the first one so uh, so yeah, I was like, science, parent-child relationship, mm, not sure about this. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It was a quick read, which I liked, and mm-hmm. it made some interesting points about animals, and it's basically like the world is going to shit because of the way that we're treating it, which yeah. is true, and yeah. in this thing, it's already going to shit. It's already gone to shit, but the president won't do anything about it, and the bit that got the most interesting to me was when he was doing this neurofeedback, Although I didn't fully understand it, he was seeing his mother's memories or something. Yeah, it was like his brain and her brain were just becoming one. Yeah, so he started to take on traits of the mother, the dead mother, and also like memories that he would never have had. Yeah. Like he then suddenly knew. Well, and that bit must have been a suspension of like that. Oh, that God, yeah. That, because I understand to an extent if you follow the same neuro pathways as someone else which is obviously what this therapy was trying to do yeah his mother had a really optimistic outlook on life whereas the little boy potentially has depression and so they're like how can we well i know we'll make him more optimistic by giving him his mother neural pathways for him to follow and then eventually the idea with neural pathways is that the more you sort of travel down one the deeper entrenched it becomes yeah and therefore that then becomes your default pathway So people that are tend to be more sad because those pathways are more entrenched. It's easier to be, you know, depressed and then vice versa. And he begins and that begins to work for him. He begins Mm -hmm. to be more optimistic and more open because he's following the same neuropathways that his mother is because he's being trained to do that. But then the bit about accessing memories, like he says at one point, did she have a tattoo? And the dad's like, how the fuck did you know about that tattoo? It's on a fanny. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I remember it now. It's like, no, you didn't. Well, did you not get 
I was a little bit worried at one point that it was getting a bit incestuous. Right. I was like, whoa, where's this going? Because the little boy starts taking on the traits of the mother. And And at one point, does he like kiss him or something? I don't remember. Oh, have I dreamt that bit? I hope so, because that's just inappropriate. He doesn't (laughs) kiss him in like a sex way, but like he kisses him. I don't know. It just, I thought we were were getting to some sort of incest, but luckily we didn't. No incest. And he says at one point as well, he's like, your wife loves you or something. It's like, right, avoid those mems. Yeah, that's that was maybe the bit. That's yeah, a bit too close for comfort. Uh, and sorry, but did the mother die trying to save a possum? So she died by in a it driving. A possum ran out across the road as she swerved and then went into oncoming traffic. I'm sorry, but if you want but, us to like get in at the car, you can't have that's a hilarious way to die. Swerving <laughs> <laughs> out the way of a possum, how we? I know that is, and it's, it should have been like a stag. Well, that, but that's, they mentioned that in the book. They talk about that because it's no one ever sees the animal. So then they're like, oh, is it suicide? Oh. And also, the, it's like the, not irony, but you know, she dedicates her life to saving animals and then she dies saving. That is world. irony. I know, but like, I don't know whether they point that out in the book or whether Ooh. I was just thinking ironic. Well, surely, yeah. Uh, I've just Googled possum. I Googled, because in the book they call it an opossum. Opossum. Just yeah. Googled it. There's a picture of a possum carrying all of its kids on its back. And it's no, just minging, minging, minging. sick. That is disgusting. disgusting. Uh, anyway. No, Have you ever being... seen a rat king? A what? A rat king. Do you know what a rat king is? No. Oh my God, Paul, you're going to be sick. So a rat oh, king no. is when rats that live in sewers because of all of the shit and literally drunken, yeah literal shit in the sewers and and all of the horrible stuff like chewing gum and everything that just ends up in sewers rats and that live like basically on top of each other get tangled their tails can get knotted together and then they just have to operate as a unit you are and kidding no, and it's a real thing. And it's a metaphor as well, because there's one rat that's either stronger than the rest of the rats or like it's just the, the one that hasn't realised that its tail's knotted to like 10 other rats. <laughs> and so that rat drags the other rats around with it. And that's called the Rat King. So it's like a metaphor for someone that does all the work for a group. Google a fucking picture. I am not Googling that at all. Thanks. That is disgusting. Oh, my it's- God. I'm going to have a nightmare about the possum with everything on its back. And the Rat King. If I was in a rat king, I'd be the rat at the back, <laughs> dragged backwards. <laughs> yeah, for the rest yeah. of my life, which would be fine as long as I didn't have double. It, yeah. yeah, great. Uh, right, no, back to the book. Back to the book. Yeah, yeah the, and then the other point I wanted to make was that I oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried about something else, and I think this one sort of came true. I just thought it was a bit twee or something. It was a bit. It was. It was very twee. Kind of repetitive. Twee. Lots yeah. of there was a structure to it. 100%. Yeah, let's go to the planet or not. <laughs> let's read about the planet, apparently. And yeah, it was a bit, it could have been a short story almost. But yeah, the, it, the, the bit that I was getting most interested in was when he was starting to take on these memories. And then it was kind of where the funding was in the government that was going to affect how this little boy was and this dad's yeah. career. And But yeah, I thought it was not, not really my thing. Definitely enjoyed no. it. Wouldn't yeah. have picked it up otherwise. Glad I did. Glad I know who our Richard Powers is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't think I'm the target market. 
I think it's one of those when you think about the plot and the story that the like that it's lost do you know what I mean if you if I was to well as I attempted to at the beginning by reading out two different bios of it if you just hear this story it's about a guy trying to raise his son and they're both obsessed with space and they travel to you'd be like well that sounds fucking shit there is the level of description I think in it was exhausting incredibly like impressive and obviously very well researched and and all of it was just like I believed all of the scientific stuff in it and I was just sort of like yeah this is a whole other world that I will never really understand I'm not bothered about understanding it but I appreciate to some people this is like their life's work mm-hmm. and I think it is a really clever thing in that like it felt repetitive and it felt claustrophobic, even though we're talk- they were talking about, you know, the, the absolute magnitude of the multiverse and how there's absolutely life elsewhere. Because that's what the dad's soul put, like his job, his career, his vocation is trying to locate other life forms on different planets in different solar systems, whatever. Mm. And they spend a lot of time exploring these vast landscapes of different uh, <laughs> im stories um but you know in all of his research but then it's also dialed right down to the very to just a relationship between a man and his son yeah so it's this like two polarizing things and i think the book comes that's what it comes down to at the end it's like the you know what the internal universe universe or the external universe which one is bigger um yeah i quite like that as a concept I, again yeah. i think it's Maybe it's a not, bit tweak. Yeah, not as clever as it maybe thinks it is. <laughs> exactly. But I did quite and, like that. Yeah. And there was a part of me as well that like the so the wife that dies is fully untouchable. She's this perfect figure. Like both the son and the husband and every other character that we kind of vaguely get introduced into in the book is obsessed with this woman and she's just untouchable. Yeah. Um and I was kind of all right with it. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I don't know if you know. I want a bit more from that. I want you. Yeah, know. I want you to find out him to find out that she had an affair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it kind of brushes close to that at one point, but it's still yeah, she's yeah. this perfect woman. And then, but I was all right with it. And I, and there were these moments when he's describing his love for his wife and how you know he absolutely just could not believe his luck that this woman wanted to marry him. Mm. And I was like, it's this could be just a bit like obvious and a bit. I don't know overstated but I'm all right with it and actually it's just quite nice and then there was some I think it was the most successful in like just building these little pockets of because a lot of it is split between memory as well he Mm. thinks about his life with his wife before she dies and even before they've had Robin um a lot for like a solid probably like 40% 40% of the book is him just remembering different instances where she was going off to some rally or march or d- to give her a conference or whatever. And then he'd give all these really specific details that made it feel again, like just mega authentic. Cause it, there were times. So like, it'd be like, she was going to do this call and uh, this conference or whatever, not call this conference. And, and she had a really bad cold and then Robin got an ear infection and it was just, a, and it just felt really realistic. And like, that is how a family kind of operates. Yeah, and um, there was sort of an accidental family as well, weren't there? He says yeah. neither of us really wanted a kid, and yeah, and he kind of found, he never in a million years thought he would find himself alone with a neurodiverse child muddling through. Because it was the way that Robin, all of Robin's 
triggers and behaviors and well just his neurodiversity as with all neurodiversity was incredibly unique and so it's something that the reader is expected to kind of catch up on which is obviously fine and is the best instance because it makes it more believable but it's it is like a bit of you can't not be a voyeur because you're never going to understand this relationship between this father and this son without a full history which obviously you you don't get and I wouldn't really want so then it was nice to get these little interjections of like this normal life I I think the things that the bits that I enjoyed the most were when he first meets Ali the wife and like he's remembering the first time that they hung out together or whatever I just wish again that there was more dialogue I think that you notice a lot the clever (laughs) he he was the only one that spoke with quotes yeah, but also marks. it meant that there were no dialogue tags at all. Yeah. So it's a bit it like was. a Sally Rooney thing where you're like, oh my God, she's not used speech marks. Wow. I'm sure she's not the first. Don't fucking write in. I don't know literature. Um, but yeah, so he's, people were speaking in italics. So it meant there was never any Robin said, Robin asked, anything yeah. like that. Which is, I think it's pretty genius to be able to do that and f- for it to always be clear who's speaking. Because it's, yeah. it's not always just two people in the room. So oh, I think it wasn't it. Well, surely was... when the scientist man, that. yeah. But regardless, I thought I was like, oh, that's that's ingenious, and it's like so simple. That was really impressive that he did that, and it was so so clear. Mm. Um, I actually really really liked the last few pages, which obviously I won't talk about. Yes, I was going to ask. Oh, no, I won't ask because it'll spoil it. Yeah, I thought you know how I said I said this last about Harlem Shuffle, even if I don't if I'm not fully into a book, if I read the last line and get a little bit of a chill, then, then yeah. it's success. And I, d- I did get a little bit of a chill. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it was good. The thing that I think dampened that a little bit for me was that there was this sort of formula to the, to the book. There were no chapters. There was no, like, no, it, it was obvious when it sort of was moving forward in time, but there was no obvious, there was no breaks. It wasn't numbered or anything like that. Mm. But every section ended with some kind of weird nostalgia porn line. Like it was like, we've like highlighted, I began to highlight them because it got to the point where, and I love a cheesy closing line to a chapter. Ooh, like I, yeah, I just yeah. love them. Proper John Green YA American fiction. Yeah. And I'm into that because I'm just like, oh yeah, why not? Like just itch that scratch, scratch, scratch that itch. Mm. <laughs> um. And this one did do it, but then because it's like this serious adult book, I don't know, it felt just a bit, just a bit weird. To the end of this, the first sort of chapter, he doesn't know what to do about his son. Basically, doctors want to put him, want to start medicating his son, and he's obviously really anti that. And then the last line of the chapter is, my wife would have known how to talk to the doctors. Nobody's perfect, she liked to say, but man, we all fall short so beautifully. And then it was like every chapter ended with a line like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've just remembered, actually, there are a couple of chapters where it was just talking about them being on a different planet. Uh-huh. And oh, I those... literally didn't get a single word of it. It was obviously... I glossed over them. <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm guessing that it was meant to be metaphorical and have all of this symbolic meaning, but I just couldn't. It just wouldn't make sense in my head. I need yeah. humans and you know earth yeah no i know it. i need my books to be mainly set on earth (laughs) what i will say is that it wasn't there was no like moments of laugh out loud funniness but the dad's quite 
Rye. Sorry, uh, what about when she died trying to save a possum? <laughs> oh God, why am I being quite savage? <laughs> savage by Fenty. Savage by Fenty. I'm trying to. Oh yeah, I did highlight the bit where it's where you get introduced to Greta because this made me piss myself. Really? The oval-faced girl in tight pigtails blew a raspberry. She didn't look 14. She barely looked 11, but she spoke English better than most of Robin's classmates. My house is burning down. Do you want me to wait until the school bell rings before I rush home to put it out? I was like, if I was Greta, I'd be on his back a bit about that. I know, that's, that's stealing likeness. Yeah. I mean, he may as well have just said, he could have saved himself a good few paragraphs by saying, it's Greta Thunberg. Exactly. Just imagine Greta. Yeah, yeah there, were these, there were these moments where it was obviously really factual and scientific and believable, but then it was, it was interspersed with these moments of like quite fantastical romanticizings of his dead wife. And, mm. and it felt like, teen YA like what well, YA like romance like this painful crush type romance but then also like I'm a scientist yeah and I don't know they just didn't really seem to work that way I think there's actually a big market an appetite I think I've read this somewhere for climate books I don't know what the subgenre yeah, I... is called but books about the environment I really agree with what you said earlier I get it. The planet is burning. The, everything's bad. I don't want to fucking read about it as well. I know. I mean... Just let me read about people shagging and not communicating properly and getting really upset with each other. Well, that's, I mean, that's maybe the thing. Remember how I said last week that one of the recent episodes when I said people are just inherently... What's the word? Not hypochondriac. What's the word? When you say one thing and do another... Hypocritical. Uh, hypocritical. Yeah. People are inherently hypocritical because they preach environmentalism and then they'll be like, oh, I can't be asked to recycle my meal deal packaging. Me. No, yeah, I no, I do do that. I do do that. I don't. I don't sometimes. If I'm at work and I'm walking, sorry, Greta, please, I'm sorry. I do what I can. No, well, obviously, I don't because I don't do that. But like, <laughs> I will put a bottle in the bin if I'm. Yes, me too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, actually, sure. that I need to check myself there. You, what I'm going to do, promise to do now, is every time I'm going to do that, I'm going to think of this moment. So I'll put the bottle in my bag because I can do that and then I'll recycle it. But my point is, there was nothing hypocritical about Theo. He was straight down the line. Yeah, you're right. And I think that that just made him feel a little bit two dimensional. There was. The, yeah. Nothing about Theo or Ali were anything other than the way that they presented. And I just don't think that that's real life. I know I was like surely your marriage is a bit boring if like yeah surely she had like some weird kink that you weren't that into but did anyway yeah exactly like come on because he was a bit of a square as well yeah no no that's me being tight he wasn't a square it's just because I think of scientists as squares <laughs> yeah um I've just thought he's called Theo which means God do you think that was in that do you think that was Theo means God does it yeah I'm pretty sure oh I didn't know that Theo yeah Theo do you think that's coincidence or do you think that's been ironic because obviously he's a scientist he, and he looks for these different worlds with life on them yeah like God. yeah no I think that was probably intentional oh. the man is a the man is a Pulitzer Prize winner so yeah he does most things with intention yeah I had a little look and reception seems to be quite mixed I think it's been nominated for the booker but not everyone was overly positive about about yeah. it I'd give it out of ten, six and a half. Six. Yeah. Yeah. That's six point three. Six point three four seven, I think. Should we start doing that for every book? Yes. 
Oh, bless you. I'm fine. That was just a pepper up my nose kind of sneeze rather than a lurgy. I still don't think I'm fully 100% recovered. Really? You're not allowing yourself to be because you keep drinking too much. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right. Thanks, Richard Powers. Thank you, Ricky. Ricky P. Have you started season five of Selling Sunset? No, I've not, Paul. I have not. I don't know if I'm ready. As much as Chrishell annoys me to just watch her be in a relationship with Jason Oppenheim and not be happy. What? Have I got the, have I got the right Oppenheim? Yeah, but what's the point? Say that point again. Well, it doesn't end well, does it? Oh, yeah, but I think they would have... I don't even think that would have been caught on film. I think they would have filmed it before they broke up. But they were only together for five months. I don't think they yeah, filmed it yeah, for five months. Probably, no, you're right. Uh, so far... We've got, see, Christine. Oh, Christine. I think she basically, I'm going to use a football reference. Pardon. I'm going to try and use a football reference. She basically had the ball next to the goal, three feet away. The goalie has fallen down. All she needs to do is toe punt it into the back of the net. And I think she's missed. Because and she was... Yeah, that's a perfect metaphor. She, I don't know how she's fucked it, but I think she has. She was yeah. fabulous, ideal, iconic reality TV star immediately. Beautiful, delusional. Savage. Savage, incredible fashion. Basically not a real human. Yeah. Didn't seem to care what other people thought, which just made her for great TV because she was such a borderline, dick. Borderline sociopathic. Yeah. Definitely some sort of personality disorder, which is just what I look for in these people. Married for money, purely. God, yeah. And funny as well. I think she's, yeah, she's she funny. funny. But somehow it's gone wrong for her because I don't think anyone else is that arsed anymore. And, and it just looks a bit try hard now. Yeah. she's. I don't know what she's done. What are your thoughts on Christine Quinn? Same. Absolute same. I used to think she was easily the best. Mm-hmm. Um and now it, yeah she's just well it's difficult because I've not watched this one so I don't but from what I've More seen of the, the trailer series. yeah she's just well she creates the drama and the thing about the successful reality TV show stars is that they don't create it they're just imbued in it and they're like I'm too good for this shit but they can't help but be involved because they are the drama yeah so she has she has to construct it and everyone and it is just like everyone's like oh christine you're just a bit of a bitch yeah she also goes hot and cold so she'll pretend that she doesn't care and then she'll cry or she'll say that mary's a dick but then she'll be like oh my god mary i just you just need to pick a lane and that lane should be i don't give a shit Mm -hmm. and then it makes people like chrishell look stupid but i'm i'm am I a square I didn't I didn't used to mind Chriselle and I don't oh, mind Chriselle but what I've realized is their friendships with each other are so mind-numbing like they're all yeah. they're on holiday the, fi- the first episode what like Mary Chriselle uh- Jason whatever <laughs> and then Amanda comes and meets them I quite like Amanda because she's chaotic because she's got kids and she's always late I kind of I quite like that in a person but they're just that just seem so surface, like there's, they're not funny. And I'm all for women supporting women, but I think they're supporting each other a little bit too much. Why are none of them saying anything behind their backs? It's only yeah, Christine. I know. 
there's not enough there isn't enough just naturally occurring drama yeah. and you'd think it would come from them having to outsell each other on houses yeah. what there needs to be in the next season is another realtor like another real estate agent open up across the street ah uh, see it's like oppenheim versus yes 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 i'll tell you something about heather and you might have already noticed but if you haven't i'm gonna ruin your life whenever she says anything she goes oh my god that's amazing ha 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 She's like, oh, <laughs> what do you guys think about Jason and Chris? <laughs> like, she does this awful laugh. It's oh, so horrible. Annoying. Why uh, would no one call her out on that? I don't know. She She's just a bit of a nothing as well. I don't know why I'm acting like I don't love it. I watched four episodes back to back the other day. I like, I love it. And I'm definitely going to watch the rest of the series tonight. Yeah, I'm going to have to start it. There's a new, tonight. there's a new realtor from London. I saw, and is she the one that Christine tries to? She's trying to get an ally because everyone hates her. Yeah, uh, she's re- she's really quite annoying, but I think she's going to be good for the drums. Also, what do you, do you think about Christine's pregnancy? Because I know you're not a conspiracy theorist, but no. there was a conspiracy that she, that was just not real, and that she just had the baby via surrogate. See, the thing about these conspiracy theories is, I think people just forget to ask themselves why. Yeah. Why? Like, why would she do that? Well, to maintain a figure. But then why would she pretend? I think that would be... Uh, if she had gone on there and said, I'm having a surrogate because I'm maintaining my figure, I'd be like, I love you. <laughs> well, yeah. It's just hilarious. That's exactly what Christine yeah. should be doing. Oh, no, that sounded bad. I meant, like, because <laughs> she's such a terrible person, like, that. of course, that that would be what she would do. And I, rate, I would rate her for it. Oh, because she wants to maintain a figure. Right, okay. Well, just because what an obnoxious thing to say, but yeah. class. You've... Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, this is it. The other thing that I think is not quite clicking mm. with it is that they're all now so rich. But there's that, not that. That the house, Why? well, just the house thing is is almost inconsequential. It used to it yeah. used to feel like quite a big part of it, but now it's like Chriselle's just bought a $2 million house. Chris, Chris, uh, Christine's married like a billionaire. Yeah. Heather seems to be married in multi-million. They're all just really rich. So it's like the house yeah. part. Isn't a part of it anymore, which is why it was, yeah. That was its mm. USP. Yeah. Do you remember when Davina just couldn't shift that $79 million house? Yeah, I, honestly, I, I still, that's all I see when I see <laughs> it. It was a nightmare. That, and that guy being like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm trying. $70 million. She's She's back yeah. with her tail between her legs this season. And she's, is she? She's trying to sort of lick She's still trying off. to sell that fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is where I agree with Christine, because she's like, Davina's just desperate for everyone to like her. And Davina's upset that she said it. I'm like, you are, though. Like, you've been so <laughs> horrible to everyone, and now you've come back being like, hey, Chriselle. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't like Chriselle. I know that's, I feel like that's quite a common opinion now. But it in is, the beginning. In the beginning, it was actually quite a revolutionary act for me not to like Rochelle. What do you think of Romaine's resting face? His fury. Well, it's just, he just looks completely vacant. But also, like, he's trying to curl out a huge shit. Yeah, his purse is so weird. I like uh, that Mary's married him when they have absolutely nothing in common. And I don't think she's the language half the time, yeah. Yeah, and she's just like he's fit, and I'm yeah. marrying him, and you can really just fit. fuck off. Yeah, can someone tell Mary to stop pinning her fringe back? It's season five. 
it's season five. Why is she and not you, had so a hairstylist? You know, you know she's watching it at home thinking, I just love that hairstyle. <laughs> love that on me. Old Faithful. <laughs> it's tragic. I, I can't ruin it, but something happens with Mary. Right, okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch yeah. it tonight. We'll report back next week. <laughs> this is probably enough Sun and Sunset chat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you don't watch it. Claudia, I know you will be. Hope you get it in Singapore. Do you want, as a follow-on from last week's spider story, do you want to hear oh, yeah. something that happened to me this week? Yeah. It's bad. And also, not only is it bad, but it, it says something about my life, which All I'm right. just not happy about. So I was just cleaning my flat, doing a, a deep clean. I would say I do a deep clean once every two weeks. Oh but my I God, that's th- really good. Yeah, well, this is fucking why, Paul. Oh. So I was just cleaning around around my window area and then I sat down to do some work from home while doing a deep clean <laughs> working from home. Um, if you're listening manager I, I wasn't doing that and I had a little bit of an itchy scalp and I just just oh, tapped, yes. just tapped my scalp here and um, and it, there was an ant on my head oh an ant an ant <laughs> so I've, I've got ants we had ants like, for a bit what the fuck? I've just I've sprayed my flat in vinegar. So it smells like a chip shop because people <laughs> say they, they hate vinegar. But I, I just have ants on my head. We got ant stop. Well, I ha- yeah, yeah. I don't think that works. I mean, actually, I haven't thought about those ants in a while and we haven't had them. So uh, something work. worked. Well, they'll be back because I think they're a summer creature. But it's just, mm. I'm annoyed because it's like, I had winter and I had the mice. And now it's summer, and I want the ants. When is when are creatures that don't pay rent gonna fucking accept that this is my flat and not theirs? What if it ant did start to pay rent? Oh, it could move in. I could it could sleep in my bed. How much would you charge it? The ant half fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine it just carrying in a big note above its head. <laughs> That's like that it time when could <laughs> like twenty pound by twenty pound. Yeah, it's got like its whole posse. Guys, you helping us move in? You pick up you. that. You pick up that one pound coin. <laughs> How do they fucking do that? Because the hench. How you know though? that if an ant was human sized, it would be able to run faster than a Lamborghini going full pelt. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> but how? I'm sorry. This is the science I'm interested in. And don't yeah. give us like, oh, well, we developed in 1745. No, <laughs> just tell us the really simple answer. Why can ants carry fucking plasma screen TVs? <laughs> and they're not hench because they've got little normal spindly arms. spindly arms like every other fucking insect. You don't see... Like yeah. a ladybird, you know, dragging a lamp a brick. down. <laughs> Just looking at a lamp straight in front of me. Yeah, a brick. How are ants so strong? Ants are super strong on a small scale because their bodies are so light. Oh, uh, inside on, their Inside their hard exoskeletons, their muscles don't have to provide much support. So they are free to apply all their strength to lifting other objects. But that is humongous strength. I reckon if 100 ants pushed, they could open a door. A locked one. (laughs) Yeah. 
So they're trying to say that if I was just hollow inside, I would be able to lift a car. Humans, in contrast, carry comparatively heavy loads due to our body weight. So, yeah. No, no, that's wrong. So that's <laughs> like saying the lighter you are, the stronger you are. Bollocks. But in terms of carrying stuff, you just because they're using less muscle. I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. The ants have also, they don't feel that. a pain. Oh, that makes me feel better. Because I kill been, it. I've, no, I've been trying to inflict pain. Right. Next one, do. How do dogs smell uh, fucking diabetes? Oh, yeah. What's going on? Sm- or smell cancer or low, low blood sugar. Right, here we go. Diabetic alert dogs are trained using samples of sweat from their potential owners, including some taken when the person has low blood sugar and some taken when they have normal blood sugar levels. <sighs> wow. The dogs are rewarded during training every time they detect the low blood sugar sample. If I was a dog, I'd think I'm just going to tell them that they've got low blood sugar. <laughs> Gorgeous, gorgeous treats. <laughs> I get a pedigree chum. No, yeah. but hang on. I get it. I know I said I wanted a simple explanation, and actually that is quite simple, and it makes us feel better. But at what point did someone think, oh, God, I really don't. I'm running out of ideas to how to treat this diabetic patient. I know. You know, Nibbles, come over here. I'm yeah. just going to swab your armpit and let Nibbles have a smell. Nibbles, this is diabetic sweat. And Nibbles is like, all right then. And then this like, one is got like, it. Yeah. Got it. Locks in. How what the hell? I know. I don't know, Paul. I and you know, know what I also think? Go on. Do you ever look around at the world and how it functions and think, how has there been enough people who've decided to make this their job? Look around you. <laughs> Behind you is some sort of throw. Yes. Do you know any throw makers? Because I don't. <laughs> In front of you is a microphone. Do you know any microphone engineers? Because I don't. I know lots of people who work in offices and do relatively little. Who's making the microphones? Who's making the chairs that they sit on? Chairs? Who's making the chairs? I don't know any carpenters. Do you? Yeah, my uncle. Oh. Who's making... Who's teaching dogs how to smell diabetes? So, yeah, that's such a good point. How is it, how is, how is it worked like that? How are there enough, even <laughs> dentists? I'm like, who wants to be a dentist? I get that people do because you earn loads of money. But how yeah, are there enough people who want to be dentists? What Think about who are the people that make chicken nuggets? Legends. We owe a lot to them. We really do. They should do a chicken nugget making <laughs> course. Uh, I would yeah. do it. I take the load off them for a bit because it must be strenuous. Yeah, all right. I don't know. Radiators, Paul. Who makes them? Who makes radiators? <laughs> and how? How do they do it? Do they bend the iron with the hands? Do they have like a radiator mould that they pour hot metal into? Hot, hot liquid metal into. Wait, hang on. How the fuck? How do they do that? I, I'm going to have to Google all these things. This is the one. This is the one that gets us the most. And I think about this probably every three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Before computers existed. Yeah. Right. Sarah, what I want is for you to just make as a computer. Where do you start? Yeah. No, I know. Where do you start? I know. I once said to my friend, if you could go back in time to any, like, to any period, what time would you go back to? And she was like, just before the, like, just before 
the internet or something like that and she's like and then I'd make the internet and I went all right how and she was like yep okay I would go back to just when Apple was founded and buy shares <laughs> yeah well I heard that the internet's like the world wide web is is lit is like physical that can't be true well no because I've it's not like a wired. grid no well apparently maybe so but no but from our wi-fi box to our computers there's no wires mm, that's true so it's picking up on a frequency ball oh I, I, i'm lost right that's enough of that that's enough science we're getting bewilderment Richard. yeah bewilderment. I'm, be- I'm thoroughly bewildered yeah. right i'm going to tell you about next week's book okay it's young mungo <laughs> by douglas stewart a fellow scout like for you yeah no i know one of the clan Yes, Young Mungo by Douglas Stewart, award-winning author of Suggy Bean, which I haven't read, but my friend Charlotte said it's very, very moving. Have you read it? Yeah, very, it, very it moving. It, it, it moved me house. It moved you house? Like, it moved me so much, I moved house. Oh. It just moved me. Oh, it moved like... me so much, I went, I went travelling. It moves me like an ant moves money yeah i make money move we are chatting pure swivel pure (laughs) shit um yeah so i'm so excited about young mungo i'll have to let you into a secret i've read 22 percent already because i'm waiting for the scene when the front cover happens because wow 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 that looks are you enjoying it yeah it's really good really good good. (gasps) Um, i've got a signed version i know jealous i ended up just getting the kindle version I wanted that cover in my house. I know, I know. I think I probably will buy it when it goes to a Chazza shop. Um, but yeah, very good. Scottish. The guy is very interesting. I didn't know anything about him, but he is from a Glaswegian estate. What do they call them in Scotland? I think he uses the word in it, like as in like the project, but Scottish version. Oh, right, yeah. Like the project. <laughs> And he's gay and he was a fashion designer and he moved to New He lives in New York. He went to become a fashion designer in New York. I'm like, this is one of those situations where like, oh, baby, you're going to have to go back there. So you came from poverty in Glasgow and then you just moved to be a fashion designer in New York. What? Yeah, you're going to have to link a few dots for yeah, me there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so he was a fashion designer and he's never been trained in writing or anything. And he, I don't even think... And he shat different. out Shuggy Bane. Shuggy and... Bane. Shat, sh- shat straight out Shuggy Bane. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, I really like it so far. Very, very me. Like, much more me than... Bewilderment. Greta. I do like Greta, but... Yeah, the drink is mm. going to be... Mm. A vodka and iron brew. Yes, Gertin, because I'll tell you something, yeah. brew, I'll be able to get that on tap. Yeah. Sometimes when I run my hot tap for long enough, iron brew comes out. Oh, oh, how good would that be? Do you remember once being another teenage witch where it was the day that she was allowed to tell the mortals that she was a witch and they only would know for one day? And she told Valerie and Harvey and they went to this carnival where they had taps with all of the different drinks. I don't remember that. What? I don't remember, no, sorry. Well, do you remember the Flan episode, at least? I think you're too young, you know. I've definitely watched all of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, I love it. Shame she's an absolute Republican these days. Oh, for God's sake. I know. Why did they bloody do that? I watched, oh my God, I watched a house tour on YouTube the other day. A <gasps> uh, house is lovely, really nice. But, I mean, I like a memory as much as the next person. But every <laughs> single tiny thing in her house has a fucking sentimental memory attached to it and she goes through them 
in painstaking detail. She's got like the costume she wore on Sabrina, the thing that she did on Clarissa. And, and instead of being like, this is my fucking massive lush house, look at the pool. She's like, here's a picture of my grandma from the... I'd say, like, no, babe. Do you know who you, that reminds me of? Who, you? Yes. Yeah, me. but you're not doing a fucking tours and put them on YouTube. And also you've got a one bedroom flat, so it'd be much quicker. <laughs> She's got fucking 25 rooms of shit that she talks about. Don't know why. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's actually really good. All right, I'm fucking buzzing for Young Mung. Yeah, me too. Yeah, just to give you a little preview, the first bit, he's sort of going on this weird camping trip with these two alcoholics, like old alcoholics. I read the first page and I was like, what's happening? I know. And he's 15 and I'm like, oh God, I hope this isn't the bit where the front cover happens because that would be uh, paedophilia. Yeah, statutory frigging rape, but alas, so far none of them got with each other okay waiting would be actually i think i know who he's gonna get with i think he's just been introduced <gasps> oh exciting i'm gonna start really reading it tonight excited. i'm yeah. buzzing about it i also yeah. just want to i just want to i just want to do a quick what would it be called like a correction from last week's podcast where i said something right yes uh you've just reminded me i've got a correction as well you go first so mine was when we were talking about your bird watching group that you were going to oh. create and we were thinking of the name and I was going queer, 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 queer. My head, in my head, I was saying queer as folk. So queer as flock, which is genius if I do say so myself. And um, so I'd just like to say, everyone, I think you should call your bird watching group queer as flock. That is fabulous. And yes, you you told us that on a voice note. And yeah, I'm really glad you've remembered and corrected that. I've also got a correction. Mm -hmm. This has been keeping me up at night for many weeks. What if I've picked up on it? You definitely won't have. I have found this extremely difficult to deal with. And I haven't found the right moment to bring it up. But I think now is it now that we're talking about corrections. And I wholeheartedly apologise to all of the listeners and the people who this is about because it's embarrassing on my part okay so you'll remember a few weeks ago I said the following I could be your Barney you could be my clad <laughs> and I mistakenly said that that was from the black pink song ice cream by Selena with Selena Gomez okay yes in fact it is from the song as if it's your last by Blackpink. Paul, nothing to do with Selena. I can't forgive that. Uh, well, honestly, I'll give you. I'll give you a week or so to think about it. And if you can't forgive it, then you can't forgive it. Yeah. But I, I think just that's understandable. If there's any blinks listening who thought he's not a true blink. Any blinks? Is that what you called? Blinks, I. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> e, you know what's terrible? I know my friend. <laughs> I have to walk up with terrible anxiety. He was one of our closest friends, another Sarah, actually. Her dad sadly died recently and we had a memorial at... Uh, yes, I, did. I didn't know this. Yeah, it was... I, I mean, was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> no, Sarah. Yeah, and we had a lovely day and it was it was really, really as, as nice as it could be, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, But then at the end of the night, me and Michael did the black pig dance at the <laughs> memorial. Did you? Yeah, which I think Sarah probably found funny, but yeah. waking up the next morning thinking, did I really do that at a funeral? <laughs> the Lovesick Girls Dance by Blackpink. And yes, I did. Unreal. Yeah. 
God. Oh, I've got a funny story that I forgot to tell you. Do it. Well, we're running low on time. Just do it. So we, me and my friend were out on Friday night and we were like, should we, should we get on the pool? Should we try and pull tonight? I think we'll try and pull. And we were in this club and we were just standing to one side, swaying and pouting. And like occasionally just like tucking our hair behind our ear and stuff. Oh, yeah. And a group of quite attractive young men had come in and we were like, excellent, you'll do. And we sort of shuffled closer to them. <laughs> and we're like swaying, you know, as we thought really sexily and um, appealingly. Mm-hmm. And one of them walked past us to go to the toilet and then as he came back tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and Gabe's mouth dropped open because Gabe was like I can't fucking believe that it's happening and I was like this is my moment easily the first one of the group as well he tapped me on the shoulder and went excuse me and I was like yes <laughs> like waiting for him to be like I would like to court you <laughs> um <laughs> and he said your phone lights on in your pocket <laughs> and then just and my had been beaming out of my back <laughs> in this pitch black club. Oh my god, like a beacon. <laughs> and I was wearing white jeans as well, so it oh. was like like it was like a lighthouse light <laughs> coming from my arse. Imagine if he said it like that. Excuse me, there's a beaming light coming from your arsehole. <laughs> Oh, that's Sarah. just the sun, babe. And you can, I know it was mortifying. Me and Gabe obviously couldn't breathe for 45 minutes because it was just, <laughs> it was like a scene from Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging. Oh. Uh, on that subject, any women listening, or anyone for that matter, but it seems to be women who do it the most, stop putting your phones in your back pocket. It's really annoying. Why? I don't know. It's just like it's asking to be stolen. And <laughs> I don't know. I find it really irritating. You want to know why we do that, Paul? Because you've got shallow pockets, I know. But yes. you also carry big fuck-off bags everywhere to so put it in there. But it's not as easily accessible. Exactly. Criminals. <laughs> Prove your point. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, it's not as easily accessible to us. What if we want to take a sexy smouldering selfie? <laughs> well, I don't know. Fishing around for a loose phone in a tote bag for 45 minutes can ruin a moment. <laughs> Um, and also, uh, iPhones, if you're listening, Apple, Steve Jobs, RIP, whoever replaced him, stop making the phones even bigger. Yeah, think about women's pockets. Because there's nothing the worse than seeing a big fucking iPad sticking out of a woman's tiny back pocket. Why am I so angry tonight? I don't know. I think I just did. Oh, one thing. It's I just... really pensive. Thing. I don't know. Well, I was thinking I'm just doing it for attention, which is fine because that's what this is about. I did I one thing for attention today. Go on. And as I was doing it, I was like, fucking hell, this is so me. So we were walking off the train and this woman was walking and she was quite cool. She had a skateboard. I was like, all right then. And she <laughs> dropped a jumper without noticing. And Michael picked it up and went to go and give it to her. And I went, oh no, can I give it to her? I want the attention. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I was like, excuse me, uh, you dropped your jumper. She said, oh God, thank you so much. I was like, oh no bother. I just picked that up. Don't you worry. <laughs> Um, so I tell you my biggest attention seeking thing that I did this week yeah I was supervising at the theatre and there was a show stop and all of the ushers have to like stand in specific positions to try and keep the crowd in their seats well I'm picturing them in like different dance positions like YMCA like running man yeah They're, like around around the theatre <laughs> <laughs> and um I 
was really enjoying walking to the front of the, front of the stalls holding my earpiece for my radio in my ear looking mildly concerned and then running back up out of the out of the because everyone was like oh my god and everyone all three thousand pairs of eyes in there were on me (laughs) god that's why you work in the theater it is afterwards someone was like i know exactly what you were doing i was like yes (laughs) that you're not a supervisor that you didn't think oh well brilliant brilliant okay well we are gonna leave you now we would like you to email us with affirmations and money to reading for attention at gmail.com follow us on instagram at reading for attention i post about the podcast on linkedin this week that's how desperate i am for attention did you actually got a few new followers i had people get in touch now didn't know you did a podcast when i say a few oh. i mean one well, but i'm going for dinner with them in two weeks so it worked out well do you know what that is paul it's not a few it's a less hey oh and that's what you call a callback a callback wow god we are so good uh right okay see you next week for young mongo and an iron brew with some vody in it love you bye oh i love you i do bye